Dynasty Kings, football by the numbers. Ain't nothing prehistoric about it. It's the fantasy land before time, man. Yeah, did. And we talking about them analytics. Yeah, I dig it. You know them digits, we fit it inside of sales. But thinking outside of the box when we did it, outside prevails. We got eight inside of the box, but we finished plenty to tell. So go ahead and plug in a pot and just listen. It's the dynasty. Velociraptors, it takes okay. dilapidated no way. Nope. Man, it's a rap, no debate. Hey. Breaking it down with the dynasty. Yeah. Often reside with the pylons be. Yeah. Often we talking about dynasty. Yeah. Rocking with me at the times you'll see. Yeah. Out of the pocket, but line on me. Too much subjective is not for me. It's not for me. I'm rocking with the dynasty. Yeah. Dynasty. Locking the lineup and I don't need. Filming the fables, cause finally I got all the facts. No anomaly. Yeah. Let's get it. Y'all reach his T Rex at best. And I don't mean to go flex. I'm a dinosaurus to death. Yeah. Look, if you dino, you know. Welcome to the Dynasty Kings Fantasy Football Podcast. Jake and Mike, let's ride. All right, welcome back to another episode of Dynasty Kings with all my dinos out there. Now, today's topic is going, oh, I'm sorry. This is your host, Mike Valerie. You can find me on Twitter at FF underscore Dirty Mike. You can find my work at Campus to Ken. We are now in the offseason. This is, this is where me and Jake love, love and we thrive identifying good prospects for you guys to draft your your dynasty teams um and some correlations too and that's going to be our topic today we're going to help you identify the t-rex compared to a velociraptor now we're just we're just here to talk about height versus weight right uh size size matters in the nfl that's a pretty big component i'm a pretty big advocate of that not bmi for wide receivers not a part of that argument i don't care much fats on your body bmi doesn't work anyway Everybody knows that, especially people that work out. They know that stuff doesn't matter. But um, we want to just – I want to show trends and height and weight. So we're going to talk about all the positions. I'm talking about running back, wide receiver, and tight ends. You know how much I hate talking about tight ends, but I will be talking tight ends today, and I'll be talking about quarterbacks as well. It's relevant for more more than others. Let's just just get into it, okay? So first up, we're going to talk about running backs here. Now, for all – all these positions here. I'm only looking back three years. I didn't want to go too deep. That's like way too much information to put down on paper and a track here. But between the last three years and your top 24, right? There's been an average of four players each year and the top 24 that weighed less than 210 pounds. 210 pounds. That's that's the threshold for me to be a workhorse running back. I need you to be higher than that weight for me to consider you being a bell cow back. Now, the only exception for that for me is that if you get that first round draft capital? Because I know everyone probably listening rolled their eyes and were like, "Oh, Emmett Smith was like two hundred pounds, and Marshall Fult, whatever these 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 older legends that were early first round picks that weighed less than two hundred pounds." Yeah, you're absolutely right. They were absolute studs, but they're also first round picks. And so is CMC Christian McCaffrey, and that's another guy's exception to the rule too. If they had that elite talent where they're early first round picks at their size, I am not going to disparage them for their weight. It's just not. It's, it's not what I do. But for these other guys, I do. So I'm just going to look at 2021, right? This this year's fantasy season is now over. And we have three players inside the top 24 that are under 210 pounds. Um, that's going to be Austin Eckler, who is a number two overall. Aaron Jones, who's number nine overall. And then you have way down at RB24, Devin Singletary. Really ended the season really strong. Now, 
here's the thing with these small running backs, they can't push piles, right? If you listen to fancy footballers, they interview Austin Eckler. He comes on and up front says that he won't be – the coaches probably won't use him at the goal line as much as he wants to be used. And that's the truth. His value comes from yardage and pass catching. Not that he didn't get goal line usage, but, like, if you compare it to, like, Jonathan Taylor, for example, it's nowhere close. Um, and these these guys aren't consistent year to year. So the the top ones in 2020, you have Aaron Jones at RB5, Naeem Hines at RB15, J.D. McKissick at RB17, and then Clyde at RB22, right? Like, I mean, is the RB22 helping you win your championship? No, it's not. It's not. It's, it's a starter, sure. But, like, are you thankful that they're on your roster? They're helping you win your season? No, yeah, they're not. Um, and these guys don't stick year to year. I mean, Naeem Hines last year, J.D. McKissick, they're, they're non-existent this year for fantasy. They're pass-catching backs who saw some insane production and therefore made it on that list for the year. It doesn't carry over from year to year. But the ones that do get consistent production, like Austin Eckler and like Aaron Jones, for example, because Aaron Jones has been on this list two years in a row, um, those are the guys – I mean, that's really it, just those two. And sure, CMC. CMC was the number one running back overall in 2019. And when he touches the ball, his like fancy points per game is also number one. But his body dish doesn't hold up. And that's what we're going to get into next is how these guys are at a higher risk of injury compared to running backs with more weight, with more muscle to protect their body from these hits and stuff. So, yeah. I So, Austin Eckler missed one game this year, right? Just one. But last year, he missed six, which put him outside the top 24. CMC last year missed 14 games. This year, he's missed 10. Like, he's not helping you win your championship. I understand the elite talent, which I absolutely believe in, too. He's an elite talent. But if he can't start on my rosters for, you know, most of the season, he's not helping me win my weeks. You know, and I don't want running backs that aren't going to play for six out of the 18 games or six out of the 17 games. I mean, that, that doesn't help me get to the playoffs. It's like too late if it's an early injury. And and that's that's my issue with running backs that are undersized. And that's that's one thing that I like I look at when I'm scouting players. Like uh for example, in the 23 class, Deuce Vaughn. Deuce Vaughn is is an amazing talent. You watch him play college ball and he's just torching defenses. He weighs, I want to say he weighs like 170. Like that's that's just not that's not even close to the threshold for me at college. I mean, he'll be a pass catching back and like maybe he'll have a Darren Sproles role, but like I'm not going to chase that. I'm not going to bet that he's going to become this super lightweight elite talent and just blow us away. And even the ones that are consistently producing, Austin Eckler and Aaron Jones here, they they were late round picks. Uh, I think Aaron Jones was in the fifth, could have been the sixth. And I know Austin Eckler was a UDFA, came from the FCS. You can't predict that production. I mean, you just can't. I mean, good for them to fall into that role. But Austin Eckler wasn't the guy. He was behind Melvin Gordon, earned his way up. Good for him. No one saw it coming. I mean, no one saw it coming come draft time, you know. And then for Aaron Jones, I don't really remember the situation outright. I'm sorry. But I know he was a little bit of a late bloomer as far as, like, coming into his role. And then, of course, you got CMC. You know, CMC was a first-round draft capital pick. Everyone knew he was going to be great. You know, there's – I mean, no no arguments against CMC here for me at all. Um, now, at the bottom of the list, right, you got Devin Singletary for 2024. Now, the last three years, Devin Singletary has been outside the list the other two years. He missed zero games last year. He missed four games in 2019. And then this year, he's missed also zero games. And he's barely RB24. Probably because he, he splits the workload 
with Zach Moss when he plays, and then they also have um, Josh Allen, who they clearly trust more to run the ball than Devin Singletary. I mean, like it's just true. Uh, they let I'm not saying they don't let Devin Singletary run, but like they're letting Josh Allen get double digit rush attempts because well, he's bigger, he's more built for it than a guy that's two hundred three, five foot seven. And that's, let's get into height here. There is only one. There are two. Sorry, two running backs under the height of five foot ten on any of these lists, right? Each year. So in 2019, you got Aaron Jones and you got Devontae Freeman, who's an old man now, so he's kind of done. The next year, though, you got Devin Singletary, who's five foot seven, and you got Aaron Jones again, five foot nine. And Aaron Jones, by the way, for missing the weight, he's only two pounds off. So even if you want to move the line to 208 pounds. Which I know that I talk about this with Austin from the campus again. Uh, you can find him on Twitter at Debbie Deets. That's fine. I don't really argue against 208. I mean, that's that's on the line. That's whatever. Uh, for me, it's 210. It's just easier that way because I, I feel like, I don't know, it's a whole number. I, I couldn't really explain it to you. I just like the whole number. But height matters for me too. This past year, as in 2020, 2020. Let's go to 2020. Aaron Jones is five foot nine, right? He made it. Naeem Hines is five foot nine. He made it for that one year, and then Clyde Rosier is again five foot seven. So I guess what I'm trying to say is that like Clyde Rosier, I'm not a believer in. I don't think he's a true workhorse back. I don't think he'll ever be a top 24 guy. He doesn't have the size. He can't push a pile. He can't, you know, he can't run through a hole that's not there. Where the way some dudes can, you know, if he gets caught from behind, like that's it. He doesn't break tackles. He doesn't have the physical ability to. He could have been college, sure. Absolutely. But in the NFL, it's different. These, these guys are definitely built different once you get to the NFL. They've matured more. Uh, DeAndre Swift, too. DeAndre Swift is five foot nine. He's a little shorter, too, but he's he's 2'11. So he makes the weight cut off, and I'm cool with that. So that's fine by me. Um, now, the height threshold for me is actually five foot nine. If they're below that, then they're off my list. Again, Clyde is five foot seven. I think he's his 2020 finish is the best there's been the last three years, RB22. And then this year is. Devin Singletary, who's five foot seven, and he was RB24. And then there was none of that height in 2019. So height and weight for me matter for running backs. I'm looking at five foot nine plus and then 210 plus. If they're not in that threshold, I, I generally really, I really do shove them to the side. I'm not completely fading them, but like compared to the industry, uh, I am fading them and I'm not getting them on my roster. And that's fine by me. And so for the upcoming prospects, right? RB1 is probably Brees Hall. My RB2 is Isaiah Spiller. My RB3 is actually Tyler Algier. But for the rest of the industry, RB3 is Kenneth Walker. Now, Kenneth Walker is actually listed at, at 210. So he he crosses the line. He crosses the threshold. My issue is that when I watch him play, if I if I were to visualize Brees Hall and I put I I put Kenneth Walker next to him, Brees Hall's 215, Kenneth Walker is 210. When you look at those two players on tape, they don't look like they're five pounds apart. Brees Hall looks like a good, healthy 15, 10 pounds more than Kenneth Walker. And that's my concern. And that answer, that question will be absolutely answered at the combine. And and his his 210-pound weight is a verified 210-pound weight. I just, I don't know. I just can't get over it. And that's my issue. So what I'm saying is for this upcoming class, if Kenneth Walker comes in at I'm thinking he comes in at 200, but let's say he comes in at 205. I'm probably not touching him until like the late first of my rookie drafts, maybe early second. And someone else is absolutely going to take him before that pick. So 
therefore, I guess I'm I'm out on Kenneth Walker because I'm gonna have a later grade on him than everybody else. I mean, look at Clyde. Clyde was a first round pick. He was hailed for who he was as a player. He's five foot seven, two oh nine. Like that's that's his weight. Five foot seven. Like whatever. I'm sorry. I'm I'm not there for the player. And that like, that was a really great landing spot too. And I'm a big situation matters type of guy. Clyde went to the Chiefs. The Chiefs. And he's still not producing there. It's two years now. Two years of just not doing much for production. Um, I know this past year he missed six games. The year before he missed three. I'm sure that's going to be a recurring theme for him. And then, you know, let's talk about Elijah Mitchell too. Elijah Mitchell is 200 pounds flat. Flat. He's not close to the threshold. He's 200 pounds flat. And he's missed, I got your notes again, five games this year so far. Five games up until last week. So, um. I'm not holding my breath that he stays healthy. And therefore, I'm still interested in whoever, if the 49ers draft another running back, not named Trey Sermon, uh, I want a piece of him. I'm going to I'm gonna look for him in the later rounds of my rookie draft because he will get the opportunity to step on the field. And if it's a running back that I really liked his tape and he fits my mold for who I like as a running back, then, yeah, he's going to be a target for me late because right? You know, size matters to me. It just does. Size absolutely matters for me for the running back class. Um, I think that's really it for my notes here. The pass catching backs, too, like they're not sticky, right? So 2019, the top pass and catching back was like James White, five foot ten, two oh five. So he's on like he's a little lightweight. Um, but he didn't return to that elite form in 2020 or 2021. And even the years before, I'm sorry, I don't have the stats put up in front of me, but I know he got top 24 once or twice, but it's not a sticky staff. And they don't consistently keep that production up every single year as far as pass catching backs go. So I'm not really convinced. I'm not really in on it. You know, JD McKissick, like he's, he, I think he's an RB 38 this year and he was RB 17 last year. Naeem Hines was RB 15 last year. And I don't think, I don't, I'm not even sure he's in the top 30. I'm pretty sure he's way outside that. I think he's in, he's in the forties. So these pass meeting backs aren't exactly sticking and staying where they are. So again, you want to look for those bell cow backs. You with those three down set guys that are going to stay on the field and they weigh over 210 pounds and they weigh 200, sorry, 210 pounds over the height of five foot nine. Those are the type of guys that you want to look for. Everybody else to me is either going to be a pass catching back or they're going to be in some sort of backup role. And I don't want either one of those guys depending on the situation. All right, let's move on. Let's move on to, um, Let's move on to tight ends here. Much as I hate talking about tight ends, height and weight is a pretty easy one. Now, I'm not there with you, but if, if you could take a guess as to how many tight ends are under 240 pounds the last three years and were fantasy relevant. So top 12 guys last three years, you got 36 of them. How many of them were under how many of them were under 240 pounds? The answer is one. There's only one guy that weighed less than 240 pounds the last three years, and that is Robert Tunyon, 237 pounds. And his quarterback was freaking Aaron Rodgers, like MVP of the season, with no other wide receiver two on the roster. I mean, again, he's in the perfect situation, and he's undersized, and he produced. So, like, good for him. Didn't stick. Obviously, he's, he's nowhere to be found this year. This is a 2020 stat. And now, now let's play the same game for the height, right? If you guys can guess at home how many tight ends under the height of six foot four, six foot four, were were fancy were fancy top twelve the last three years. 
The answer is also just one. There's only one tight end the last three years that were in the top 12, and that is Jonu Smith. Jonu Smith is six foot three, two forty eight, and he was tight end nine. Tight end nine. Tight end nine doesn't really help you win your championship, but you know he definitely helps your team out. That's for sure. It, for height and weight, it's a pretty easy indicator for tight end. I, I don't. I, this one is actually very strict. There is no exception to the rule here, draft capital or otherwise. I don't look at tight ends that are under the height of six foot four and under the weight of two forty. I mean, Mark Andrews, right? Six foot five, two fifty six. Travis Kelsey, six foot five, two sixty. George Kittle, six foot four, almost there, two fifty. Dalton Schultz, six foot five, two fifty five. Dawson Knox, six foot four, two fifty four. Uh, Dallas Goddard, six foot five, two fifty six. Kyle Pitts, six foot six, two forty five. Kyle Pitts is the lightest tight end in the top twelve this year. Lightest. He's only twenty one, so I'm confident he'll put on the extra five pounds, maybe ten pounds, whatever. He already meets the line for me. I don't really care. This this conversation is a Irv Smith conversation. I, I don't look at Irv Smith. I, I see him getting hyped up. I see. Tyler Conklin, who's also undersized, by the way, he's six foot three. I see Tyler Conklin um, producing in that offense. Um, he's behind Adam Thielen. He's behind Justin Jefferson. He's behind KJ Osborne. And those are all like, I mean, you should feel good about owning Tyler Conklin, young tight end, producing that offense. He's got clearly he has talent in front of him, unlike Robert Tunyon did. Um, but he's he's six foot three, so I'm not really holding my breath that he becomes a top twelve option. And if he did, I would be selling high right away. Now, back to Irv Smith. If you're thinking to yourself, man, how big is Irv Smith? And if I told you he's six foot two, I think you would be surprised because he's six foot two. He's just a thick wide receiver. That's what he is. He's a thick boy that can pass, that can catch balls, and and that's it. He's six foot two, two forty. Right? He hits the weight, but he doesn't hit the height, and and like therefore I'm out. I, I'm putting my stamp on it right now. Irv Smith will never be a top 12 tight end option in the NFL. Like for fantasy. Sorry, for fantasy. I shouldn't say NFL. For fantasy. I, I just, I don't believe in him. I don't. I'm sorry. He's short. For tight ends, he's short. For wide receivers, he's not tall either. I mean, there's plenty of six foot two wide receivers out there. So I'm I'm not, I'm not holding my breath that Irv Smith becomes anything. I don't own any Irv Smith. If I did, I would be trading him right away. I'm not even thinking twice about it. He's not even close. He's a whole two inches shorter. Um, yeah, for 2021, I'm, I'm talking about like the smallest guy for weight for 2021 was Kyle Pitts. I already said that. And the shortest one for height is actually George Kittle at six foot four. You also have Noah Fant, who's tied in 12 somehow. He made it in there at six foot four. Um, and that's it. Oh, Dawson Knox. Dawson Knox also six foot four. I mean, that's it. I mean, 2019, again, these guys need to be a certain height, a certain weight. And if they're less than that, I'm not looking at them. Uh, a potential prospect this year is Jalil Billingsley. Um, I don't think he's coming out. He was like tight end one, probably pre-draft. Um, maybe tight end two pre-draft, depending on who you're listening to. Or, sorry, preseason this year. Um, and he just hasn't done anything at all for production-wise. And on top of that, he weighs 230 pounds. 230 pounds. He, I'm, I'm good. He'll get bullied by NFL linebackers all day. And I, I don't want anything. I don't want any part of that. So, again, so just to sum it all up for tight ends, if they don't hit six foot four and they don't hit two forty all at the same time, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not drafting them. I'm not buying them. I'm not trading for them. 
And if I do get some of my rosters just because it was a really good value and I can't deny the skill, I'm looking to sell. I'm absolutely just smashing sell as soon as I can. As soon as I can see some return value, I can increase value, I'm selling. And that's it. I'm not, and I'm good on it. So size absolutely matters for tight ends for me. There's no exception. Now, let's go into wide receivers. This is a bigger, bigger category here. Now, in 2019, um, Inside the top 12, every single wide receiver weighed more than 200 pounds. Every single one weighed more than 200 pounds. So pretty wild. And uh, their height, too. No one was shorter than six foot flat. And that was pretty interesting to me. Now, that has definitely changed over the recent years. So the wide receiver landscape is changing. Um, going to 2020, uh, the top Four guys, right? Devontae Adams, I'm going to skip over him. But number two was Tyree Kill, 5'10, 185. Stephon Diggs, 6' flat, 191. Calvin Ridley, 6'1, 190 flat. So these guys that are, I, sh- I don't want to call them undersized because that's not really my threshold at that point. But these smaller guys are producing because they are elite separators. Stephon Diggs is an elite separator. Uh, Tyree Kill is an elite separator. I've seen on Twitter people trying to coin the phase of a small alpha or something like that. I just been calling them separators because <laughs> that's what they do. They separate from their, their coverage. And, and that's, that's what matters a lot to me when I look at film for a wire series, if they can gain separation, I don't care how if it's through speed, but I just, I want to know they know how to do it. Um, and that's, that's my big thing. So uh, let's just go through the numbers here. So in 2019, if you change the threshold to 190 pounds, which is generally generally my threshold is 190, uh, only two guys were under that threshold that made it to the top 24, and that's Tyler Lockett and John Brown. You know, so no big deal. But again, the landscape is changing here, so right? So 2020, um, below 190, you got Tyree Kill, who you know, no one's not, no one's going to tell you that guy is not a wide receiver one. I mean, he is a bona fide wide receiver one for the next couple of years. Um, and then you have Tyler Lockett again, it's wide receiver 11. Um, Brandon Cooks at wide receiver 16. CeeDee Lamb as a rookie, who's wide receiver 20. And then you got Will Fuller, who got caught taking some drugs. And so he only played 10 games, but he still ended up as wide receiver 24. Now, all those guys are in the 180s, right? So if we move the threshold down to 180, for example, there's not a single one on this list for three years besides John Brown, who somehow weighs one 178 when he played in 2019, which is kind of wild to me. I actually didn't know he weighed that much. He does not look one 178 to me on the field. Um, but I, I also, I really do have a threshold for wide receiver. For me is 185. It, that's my line. Um, now I know I'm saying that as I'm looking at, <laughs> as I'm looking at Tyler Lockett's weight being 182, uh, Brandon Cooks is 183. Uh, Will Fuller is 184, but uh, besides that, oh, and Deontay Johnson too. So we're going to skip over the 2021. So we're going over 2021, right? Everyone under the weight of 185. That's a new threshold in my head. Deontay Johnson, 185. He's an absolute stud and definitely separates. Tyler Lockett again. Um, you got Brandon Cooks again. And now you got Jalen Waddle and Marquise Brown. I have both slid into the top 24 this year, and they both weigh sub 185. And I... I know I wasn't in the offseason a huge Jalen Waddle fan because I was kind of nervous with the injury, which 
therefore produce a lack of production in college because we couldn't watch him for more than four games. Uh, but I, I am wrong on Jalen Waddle. I am actually a believer. I believe in him. I think he's a top 24 for the rest of his career. I think he's a phenomenal talent. Um, anyway, I guess what I'm saying is size does not matter as much for wide receiver. It doesn't. Um, I personally still keep that 185 threshold, though. Big Elijah Moore fan. That's kind of the reason why is that I just realized these guys with just elite talent and elite skill, both. So I'm talking about like the speed, the stuff you can't teach, um, just quick feet combined with their actual ball skills and their elusiveness, their elusiveness in the open field. I'm all about that. I really am. So, but I will say this, it, it's generally pretty consistent that the, the alphas, Cooper Cup, Debo Samuel, Jamar Chase, Devontae Adams, Justin Jefferson, they're all above 200 pounds. So I, I do think, the upside is kind of capped for wide receivers. Like the ones that are below 200 pounds, they have to be extremely special in their skill set. That's what I'm trying to emphasize here. They have to be very special. They can't just have some good traits and some bad traits. I'm going to use Zay Flowers, for example. He's no longer coming out this year, but Zay Flowers has some really great traits. I mean, he was very elusive with his feet in the open field. Um, he was so sharp in his cuts, but he has some ball drops. He would give himself up. He had no physical ability because he wouldn't fight for yards. He would just give himself up. Like because of those few red flags combined with his size, I I wouldn't I wouldn't really look. I wouldn't pick him up. I just wouldn't. He would be lower on my board than everybody else, and therefore he would be a fade for me. Not like a complete fade because I would definitely take him at like cost. You know, like he fell to like the third round of a rookie draft, I'd take him. But I don't have to worry about that this year. And then there's always these. Random small slot receivers each year that make it. So like Julian Edelman, 2019. And then you got Hunter Renfro right now for uh, this year. Uh, he's 185. He's small. I, I, like these guys, there's always one each year that creeps up. And, and they're a screaming sell for me. I, I mean, I sold – I probably sold Renfro too early and I sold – on the Ross St. Brown, which is a totally different topic, but I sold both of them too early um, and I should have waited a little longer, but I, I got out from running them. I'm a man of my word. That's kind of the threshold for me that I sold them. I don't think Hunter Renfro comes back and does this again, no matter how talented he is. I, I see the Raiders adding talent. They have to add to Ross St. Brown. There's no way they don't. And Darren Waller has been hurt too. So like who else do you going to throw to? Oh, man, excuse me. Sorry, I'm in the middle of a move. That's why this is getting recorded and not um, posted up live because my I'm sitting in a dark room by myself, an empty dark room. Okay, so, again, for wide receivers, the weight doesn't matter too much. 185 is my threshold, um, but if they're sub 200, they have to be – they have to have really special traits for me to, like, really believe them, at least separators. That's what I'm looking for. Um, oh, and height, too. Let's talk about height real quick. All these guys are above six foot. Now there's a few guys that are six foot ten or five foot ten. Let's just go to 2019. The five foot ten guys are June Edelman, Tyler Jarvis Landry, Tyler Lockett, and John Brown. Let's move on to 2020. Tyler Lockett, Brandon Cooks. That's it. And Tyreek Hill. All elite talents. Let's move on to 2021. Tyreek Hill again. Again, elite talent. No one's arguing that. Deontay Johnson, who I think everyone now believes in, like he is the guy. In, in Pittsburgh. I was always on him. Tyler Lockett, Hunter Renfro, Brandon Cooks, Jalen Waddle, and then Marquise Brown, who has really been quite a dud the second half of the year. 
I don't see Marquise Brown sticking around. I don't see Hunter Renfro sticking around. But anyway, everything else below five foot ten, the only one that's there is going to be Marquise Brown at five foot nine. But besides that, no one else is below that. So I, I guess what I'm saying is, I'm not necessarily out. There's always going to be some sort of parameter for them to get on my board. But players like Tutu Atwell, for example, I'm never touching. I don't think anyone else did. On like I, I really don't until super late in their drafts. But like Tutu Atwell, I didn't even look at him. I won't look at Calvin Austin coming out this year. Um, I'm sorry. I'm actually going to Google Calvin Austin's size. Now I'm wondering. I'm saying that right? Yeah, Calvin Austin. Five foot six, one thirty. Yeah, I am. I am going nowhere near Calvin Austin. I'm sorry. He's too short and he's too light. Like, come on, like one thirty. Like, is he going to beat press coverage? I mean, defenders don't even need to get two hands on him. They just need to get one arm on him. Where is he going to go? So, I mean, he can be a special teamer, sure. But, like, whatever. Yeah, you guys get my point. You guys get my point. Um, there is a line for me that I won't cross, and I'm looking for special traits after that. Let's move on to the last category. We got QBs here. Um, I only did top 12 for QBs. Now, here's the thing for QBs. Uh, I'm going to sound like John Elway. I do like the taller QBs, just a preference. I'm not really good at scouting QBs. I don't consider myself to be good at scouting QBs. I still give it a go. You know, I, I put my ranks out there. But um, guys that are under the, the height of six foot the last three years in the top 12, there's only two names. And that's going to be Russell Wilson and Kyler Murray. That's it. Everybody else is over the height of six foot. Um, also, Kyler Murray is the lightest one on this list, too, listed at 207. So here's my takeaway from this, is that if they're going to weigh less than six foot, or weigh less than six foot, if they're going to be shorter than six foot, they have to have some elite rushing upside. That's what it is. And it's probably good deep ball skills. Because I got, I got no data to support this, but I don't believe quarterbacks that are short have the ability to throw over the middle of the field that well. Um, and I think that's because they can't see over the line, right? Like these linemen are six foot seven, six foot six. They reach their arm up to block the pass. I think these shorter quarterbacks have trouble doing that, that they have to peel out of the pocket, you know, throw on the move, but they're not, they're not pocket passers. I don't think they have that ability to, I think they need to, to cause line to shift, to give themselves holes to throw between the linemen or over the linemen. And that's, that's my belief. So for quarterbacks, again, not really looking much for size. Uh, but if they're shorter, as in they're sub six foot, they need to have a like rushing upside for me to consider them. And rushing upside for any quarterback is automatically going to shoot them up every, everybody's board. I mean, we're watching Jalen Hurts. I still don't think Jalen Hurts is that good of a passer. You can argue that all you want. I still don't think he's that good of a passer. But because of his legs, he's winning people with fancy championships. And that's fine. I mean, that works for a couple of years. I think he'll be the quarterback next year. I'm not going to argue that either. Um, I don't think he's a good quarterback. I don't think he sticks around the league for 10 years. I definitely don't think that. I think he'll stick around for a couple of years, though. Um, but, yeah, so that's, once again, for quarterbacks, size doesn't matter as much. Only if they're below six foot, I'm looking for that rushing upside. So let me just wrap it all up. This is going to be a short episode today. So for running backs, I'm looking for five, for five foot nine, 210 plus. That's what I'm looking for. If they're below that, I think they're at more risk of injury. 
that they can't take the physical punishment of the NFL, as in their their joints physically can't take it without the muscular structure to support them. And I'm I'm looking for um, them to be bell cow back. So that, that top draft capital, that CMC, that top 15 draft capital. Um, if they're below that weight, if they're below that height, I'm probably not touching them um, probably at all. Or unless it's like super late, you know, I'm talking about past the first two rounds of your rookie mock draft. Sorry, rookie drafts. I'll throw my shot out there. I, I thought Elijah Mitchell was a, was a great dart throw. I mean, the 49ers can't stay healthy. All the running backs are always hurt. They rotate through all of them. Everybody gets their shot, you know, to be the guy. And I thought Elijah Mitchell was a great dart throw. Now, I didn't have too many of him in my roster, and that was a big shame on me. But as of right now, he's outside the top 24. He's missed five games right now. Anyways, 200 pounds flat. Like, I'm selling him. Darrell Henderson, five foot eight, two oh eight. He missed five games this year, right? He started off hot. And his body couldn't keep up with it. Miles Gaskin, every single year, he's the lead back. He is five foot ten, one ninety four. He can't run between the tackles. And yet, Clyde, who people still believe in, and that's fine. I traded Clyde straight up for DeAndre Swift. I was pretty excited about that the offseason. And that was. That would have been, I mean, he was the 101 in rookie drafts, 102 in rookie drafts, depending on who you're drafting with. He was he was a top draft capital pick for your rookies picks. And, and I don't think these little guys, one, their body can hold up too. I don't think they have physical ability to actual push tackles. Uh, sorry, let's move on. Tight ends, wrapping it up. They have to be over the height of six foot four, and they have to be over 240 pounds. There are no exceptions for that for me. There are zero exceptions. That is it. That is the only requirement I need for them, like on a physical level, is that size and that height. That height and that weight. Wide receivers, for me, it's 185. If they're below 200 pounds, I need them to be elite separators. And then at 200 pounds, if they can separate while being a 200-pound wide receiver, then I'm, I'm pretty excited about that. Um, and they have to be over the height. They have to be 5'10 or taller. If they're below that, I'm not looking at them at all, 0%. Below 5'10, I don't want them at all. Jalen Darden, I'm sorry. I loved your tape. I really did. Tutu Atwell. I didn't like your tape and I didn't, I didn't, whatever. And I'm, I know you got the draft capital, but no, thank you. Calvin Austin. I know you're coming out. I haven't really looked at you at all. I'm sorry. And I, I probably won't. So good luck. Um, and quarterbacks again, just over the height of six foot. If they're below that rushing upside, but you know, everyone wants that rushing upside quarterback. All right. Thank you everybody for joining me at dynasty Kings. That concludes our podcast today. Um, again, just height and weight, how it matters to me, how it matters to scouting, how I, I think it matters to the NFL. Um, DM me if you got any questions. You can find me on Twitter at FF underscore Dirty Mike. Thank you so much for your time, you guys. And uh, you guys have a good weekend, okay? Stay safe.